Hello and welcome to Gully Boys of Cricket, the voice of fans. Gully Boys is a podcast where fans can speak their mind with no holds and also keep share the trophy idea to ICC alive. I'm your host Prakash Vadwa. In this podcast we'll be talking about World Test Championship notes so far and also we'll talk about the pink ball experience. Today we have with us Priyansh Chandra from India and Samish Santosh from Dubai. Welcome Priyansh it's always great talking to you. Uh thanks for having me here Prakash always nice to be here and welcome Samish. Hi uh, thank you so much it's uh, it's a privilege to join this talk. Samish from Dubai Priyansh from India welcome to the show both of you. So today we are talking about World Test Championship. A lot of the talk is about the format, the point system, the unevenness in the number of matches. But let's start on a positive note. There's a huge positive as well to the World Test Championship. There is, you know, all these series where your national team is not playing. You know, these series are getting a lot more attention than previously they would have had. Whether you talk about the Australia-Pakistan series or now Pakistan is playing Sri Lanka or Australia is playing New Zealand. So that's a great positive. for me so let's get this discussion started world test championship i think the format in which it is being played i feel like it's the perfect way it should be done maybe this is the format we will be looking forward to in future for limited overs as well like the top ranked sides get their shot and it's quite fair because it would it seems quite unfair that a side performs consistently for a period of say 4 years as in limited overs or 2 years in t20 and then doesn't get the opportunity to play the big final because of a tournament that lasts around 8 to 9 games at best so maybe this is the best kind of way which can be you know a bit fair to the top teams who have been consistent throughout the cycle for example it would have been quite unfair honestly if england didn't make it to the world cup finals because they were easily the best one day side from 2015 to 2019 so i guess this is quite a good way to recognize the efforts of the top side however it also has a bit of cheek in the arsenal like you know as we can clearly see the difference the gap between the sides is way too obvious and way too large to be covered like india getting points for beating bangladesh and there is never really going to be any competition between india and bangladesh when it comes to red ball yeah white ball they will definitely be competitive but when you are talking about tests and that too at home bangladesh never really stood even one by 100 of a chance to compete so maybe something has to be done about that that's a fair point priyansh let's go back to the root of the world test championship what would be the idea of having something like this and i would think it has to be along the lines that you want test cricket to survive having these non competitive games i don't think this is helping test cricket at all with or without the championship i i like what you said in terms of uh, you know this being helpful to the top teams although you know there is something lopsided about the format as i see because we are what four months into the tournament into this championship we have probably another 18 months to go and we may already know one of the finalists i would rather have say top four teams from the championship playing for a month and then 
to play a final. It could be like an IPL type playoff for the top four teams. So at least there is more interest right at this stage. So Samish, what are your thoughts? So you follow India, I believe? For me, it's particularly Team India because the way they are building up. So coming back to the topic, the World Test Championship, I think it has got a bit of highs and lows according to me. But, but, the, but the unfair, the worst thing is the point system, which is like, which is like pretty confusing because you win a match on somewhere on somewhere in the home side and you get some 160 points and when you go upload, you get 120 points. Like how without mentioning the press conference, I remember, regarding, regarding the point system. True. Yeah, I, I think it did mention something about you. Sh- maybe you should have more points if you beat someone outside your home. Yeah, he, he, did, he did talk about that. And of course, lessons will be learned along the way and the championship structure will get better because right now, it's, I don't know how fair is it to call it a championship. As I said, the positive is it's getting more traction, more eyes on the tournaments worldwide, even on neutral teams. But I don't know how fair is it yet to call it a full championship where England is playing 22 matches. A lot of the other teams, including New Zealand, West Indies, Sri Lanka, they are playing less than 15 test matches, but playing for the same number of points. You know, one thing I must say that a lot of teams around the world are underplaying the championship hype right now, that they are focused on this series or they're focused on building a team or they're going through the transition phase. Of all the teams, it seems like India is the one which has got its focus on like seeing this championship as a championship so far. You know, there are certain sides that need not be prepared for that mentality because it's naturally inbuilt in them. Like, just look at the Australian team. We may seem like, yeah, maybe they are not just hell-bent on making it to the finals or winning every match. But as soon as time passes, they are one of those teams who just have that habit of, it's almost a must that Australia will make it to the knockouts of World Cup. It may not happen sometimes, but there's a good 9 by 10 chance. And then there's, then there are certain sides like New Zealand who will always put up a fight. So even those teams stand a chance. Yeah, maybe as you said, some teams are not taking it seriously and taking it step by step. But eventually, you know, maybe in next 6-7 months, everyone will be focused towards that one goal and that is the final at Lords. I think you nailed it there that as we get closer to that final at Lords, I think more and more team will start to look at the points where they stand and what they need to do to be in the final two. All right, so let's move on uh, towards pink ball. That's one thing which is being talked more and more these days. Again, the emphasis on pink ball takes us back to bringing more people in taking Test Cricket back to the masses. So as a fan, Priyansh, tell us, how has been your pink ball experience? So one thing I would be like to be very clear about is that it's something that's been going on for the last four years. November 2015 was the first time when the first pink ball game was played. It's just taken the Indian team a long, long time to get to there. You know, maybe a little, a couple of years longer than it should have ideally been. Like Virat Kohli, the first player to score a pink, white and red ball 100. No, he's not. Because guys have been doing that forever. Azhar Ali did that a long time ago. Smith has done it. Warner has done it. Hanscom has done it. But it's been something that's going on for very long. And I don't think it will change anything if the match quality remains the same. It should have been against a more competitive side. 
because it again led to a boring match. It will rather be more of interesting, interesting matches attracting people. That's what's more important. One team is you know going to get four fifty, and the other is going to get out for one fifty and one ten. Then still there's no point because there's no competition. And if there's no competition, then there's simply no interest in the game. So again, we come back to competitive cricket. Because we have to understand whether it is we're talking about the World Test Championship earlier, we're talking about pink ball now. You know, whatever we are doing, the end goal is to increase interest in Test cricket. On top of that, no matter what we do, if we end up with non-competitive matches, more often than not, I don't think it's helping anything. It's probably counterproductive. So you have a very valid point there, Priyansh. The thing for pink ball cricket is, you know, it would have. I, I I agree with Priyansh, it would have been a competitive tournament if you had, like, if you're like you inviting England or Australia to India to play. So, yeah, to, to play in Kolkata, wherever you're playing, it would be better. Because the, thing, because the thing, okay, on one side, on, the, on one side, you're trying to increase the attraction of the test cricket. But, but, the, but the other side, you're just falling apart. And, and if you might have seen the Australia and Pakistan matches, the one being held in Australia, I heard that, and, yeah, I heard that the crowd has decreased. So on one hand, are you trying to increase the crowd attractiveness? On one hand, are you trying to the competitive cricket? So it's going to be a balance between both of them. A competitive cricket and, uh, and, and the attractiveness of the format. This was, uh, I don't remember watching a lot of pink ball cricket before this. Uh, suddenly, there seems to be a lot more buzz around it once India started playing it or India has played the first match. Uh, whether it was the Australia-Pakistan pink ball test or now Pakistan wants to play it with Bangladesh. So I think there seems to be a lot more buzz around it. And I personally liked the optics of it. I mean, it looked beautiful with players, especially with the numbered shirts. You know, earlier I used to think, uh, I, I don't know what it is adding to the game. Now combined with the lights and the pink ball, it seems like a good package for test cricket. So I, I like the optics of it. But of course, I miss the competitiveness of it whether it was the Australia-Pakistan game or India-Bangladesh game. So I agree with both of you. It has to be a combination of optics along with the uh, competition. But how, how did it work out timing-wise? Was it easier for you to watch, Priyansh, a day game versus a night test match? But it was more to do with, you know, that India is playing the ping ball game and that stuff. I'm not sure if it's got anything to do with timings, but it's just my point of view. I personally feel the hype was more to do with, you know, that the Indian team is playing with the ping ball rather than it being due to timings, etc. But how about you, Samish? Uh, I don't think for me the convenience wise or the hype. The convenience is definitely not there. Like if uh, the convenience wise for me personally, because due to college things and all, just personally for me not there. Like I couldn't even watch it. Second thing, the hype was there. Okay, it's gonna be a big hype. India is gonna play very first ping ball test match. The kind of studio attacking crowd to watch the game. You ask them to come in stadiums in big numbers, watch it, enjoy it. Both of you, the key word I can get out of there is the hype that was created around the pink ball. I mean, look at uh, the Eden Gardens. It had a house full of 50,000 people on all days versus a completely practically empty stadiums for day test matches. So even if you know, I can understand that when we are having a pink ball test match, let's say two years later, we may not get the 50,000 people because it won't be that 
novelty that it is right now but we probably still can get tens of thousands of people because the match is happening in the evening and yeah it adds a new layer or a new experience as a viewer you know the pace of a ball that we actually learn that or maybe listen about you know as if a ball is bowling at 140 it's actually the pace that's of the ball when he releases it not that which is coming to the batsman and the difference between the red and the pink ball is that the pink ball has more gloss in it so it has more air resistance so maybe say a bowler who is bowling 145 actually has the batsman facing a delivery which is actually maybe around 120 125 however for the pink ball that it may increase to 130 135 so that's a totally new dynamic to the game because on face of it it's the same pace but for the batsman it makes a good difference facing you know the same bowler with different deliveries so that's something that we will see about in the future as we can clearly see that it travels quicker in the slip cordon or even towards the boundary so that's one thing that will interest me more as you know the years progress around the pink ball that's very interesting i had not heard of it so you're saying the pink ball of course the speed with which the bowler releases it it's the same for both the balls but pink ball is sort of faster at the batsman than the red ball there has been a sense that pink ball is uh, more bowler friendly conditions especially in that twilight or you know later in the day period yep they say that with the pink ball the under light session becomes the most important one because that's when the ball does most under the artificial light this certainly adds a new dimension to the game because it gives you know bowlers one extra bit like maybe you had two bad sessions or one and a half bad session with the ball and suddenly you get an opportunity to come back maybe you can wreck through a batting lineup i remember james anderson and england picking up 19 wickets in a day against the west indies with the pink ball in one of those tests in 2017 i guess i have loved i mean watching test cricket with the pink ball it's a huge step forward for cricket because once we have seen the pink ball i think it's going to get harder and harder for us to go back and see the day test cricket just watching it on television these are just two different games the feature for pink ball particularly is positive but the hype should not be created at the competitive wicket side that's the thing what i want to say oh, because the thing is okay you create the hype no worries you ask people to come into the stadium to play right but the fact is a competitive cricket looks pretty much better than a, yeah, a competitive cricket match looks pretty much better than pink ball test one Or, or something like India, England, India, Australia. I'll try to see the test match. I get the sense of the of uh, what you said, Samish was competitiveness of Test cricket, and towards the end, I can say that the next few months should bring us a lot more competitiveness in cricket, in Test cricket, than the past few months have. I mean, we've had the New Zealand England series, which was. quite a competition we had a good ashes but other than that it's been mostly one sided affair we had a good new zealand sri lanka series but mostly it's been one sided especially with india games but the next few months we are looking for an india new zealand series new zealand is playing australia england is playing south africa and pakistan is playing sri lanka so i think overall it seems like quite a balanced 
cricket coming up. And this is also the end of the home season for India as far as test matches are concerned. We are not going to see a test match in India for a good 12 months. So if you can round up, Priyansh, what are the positives or lessons India can take away from this home season, which was, what, five test matches? One thing for sure is that this is not the old Indian team, which will dominate at home and then try a bit, but will definitely be a little less competitive or be or underplay to their abilities. You know, this is just the new Indian team. And I would be more critical of them losing away from home because this is not just a team that maybe has the potential to do it. But this is one team which actually has done it in past, you know. Maybe not as much as they would like, but definitely, like, we have all the bases covered. Just that one opener slot is not sure how it will turn out with Rohit Sharma. Not, you know, we don't have any idea how he will do overseas. But other than that, all bases are covered. You have number six batsmen in reserve. You have two quality keepers, then spin bowling all-rounders. And a brilliant pace battery, which you ha- never had before. The tours of South Africa, England and Australia all were very competitive. Like the tour to South Africa, which India had in 2018, maybe it didn't turn out the way India wanted, but it was super competitive. All the matches were good and it, they didn't seem one-sided. In England, it was, mm, say, 4-1 said that this was definitely very under-par performance by India. But... They were actually quite competitive. Yeah, they lost the plot towards the end of the match. But in each match, they started like they can do it. They can change the tide of the game. And in Australia, maybe yeah, it was not an Australian team at their full batting strength. But then saying that they would have definitely won with Smith and Warner is like undermining what India did. So, we have a lot of positives to take. But the most important thing that we know out of this home season is that this team is all set to go and go for the wins overseas. Virat Kohli's mentality is that he goes for the kill. He doesn't look at drawing games. It's simple as this. You either lose or you win, which may backfire sometimes. But in case of overseas tests, it's better to you know, die trying rather than prevent a loss. Because that actually sends a better message to the dressing room. Even when he said when he took captaincy in 2014 in that Australian tour. Well, the positive thing about this Indian team, which I personally think is like, uh, yeah, they, yeah this, uh, this team has a huge potential in going forward for overseas chess matches. And this team has got the capability to achieve on a particular day. Imagine a 200 set for declared to win on, on day three or day four, and this team has the capability to achieve that. True. I, I think both of you are talking about a word which is expectation. Let's say end of World Cup, which was five months ago. I don't think we had this image of the Indian test team. The way they have dominated and basically ruled the opposition, whether it was West Indies, South Africa or Bangladesh, it has led to a certain kind of expectation or fear amongst the opposition team, which is what this team is going to carry forward wherever it plays. To the Priyansh, to the questions we had at the start of the series, we used to have debate on Rohit Sharma, the opener, and what a transformation one's home season can make. I mean, I know there there could still be some question marks, but Rohit Sharma is the test opener for India within a season. And we had some discussions on Saha versus Pant, and again, the team management has basically stamped 
Saha onto the test team. And the question of bowlers and how Jadeja has, you know, rose through the ranks. I would say Jadeja hasn't necessarily come through the ranks just now, but now is the time people have started to take note of what he can do with the bat. I don't think any question has been answered to any extent. Both of us said that Rohit Sharma will maybe do well at home seasons. Maybe he will get a couple of hundreds. And that happened. He got three hundreds. Yeah. But then the question will still remain the same. What he will do with these. And then Pant versus, you know, Saha. Again, nothing changed. You know, Saha didn't get a lot of opportunity to bat. You say that you, you know, you need your best keeper and that stuff. But that's not how it works. Just a couple of weeks ago, we saw what Watling did with the bat. And those are the things that you need to do to actually keep your team in the game. Especially overseas where India have the habit of going in with maybe say four bowlers or five bowlers and you don't know how your combination will eventually play out. So you may be playing six batsmen or you may be playing five batsmen with your keeper batting at number six. Jareja, as I see, is still not your top six batsmen away from home. Yeah, at home he can bat at six or probably even higher. But in swinging conditions or where the ball bounces a lot, I don't think it's quite safe to send Jareja in so early. Yeah, had this been the case with Ashwin, I would have been a bit more secure because his technique is more of on the defensive side. However, Jareja is an attacker who in those conditions would be at his best at number 7-8. One positive thing with this uh, Indian team and the management is, and something we have discussed before, that they have made some decisions, they have backed their decisions, and they have proved us wrong again and again with the team choices. I won't be surprised if this team, you know, they're not trying to pick an 11, an Indian 11, that this is our 11 or 12, which is always going to play. So we won't be surprised if they pick someone different for overseas condition. For example, they play Pant instead of Saha in New Zealand. We won't be surprised with that at all. Or if Jadeja no longer bats at six or seven, but he comes a couple positions down. I agree that uh, the questions haven't been answered in the way we would have liked, but seems like this team has a different vision of playing. They probably play the conditions than a team. They probably have a pool of 15 or 16, which revolves according to the conditions. And that proves in the way they play Ashwin or, uh, you know, the way they played Saha in India. Imagine if it's 1905, just imagine the scenario. Okay? We are playing in overseas condition match against England or Australia and India in 1905. So who do you play over there? Like, that's the question. And then the keeper, like, who do you use as a keeper overseas? Like, uh, uh, still there's one. To go for overseas, or do you still use Vidim and Saha? And then regarding the open, who do you go for? Like, like, like you still prefer, okay, Louis Salma one act. Okay, he's going to, okay, okay so Louis Salma and Mayan Kanova. But who's the third back of opener? Like, so who do you select for? Do you go for, like, someone like KS Rahul? Or do you go for someone that's the, that's the thing we need to find out. See, that's something that I was saying earlier. It's not... The results that should matter right now. It's not the present, it's the future that you should think about, maybe. Like there's a good 80% chance that when playing in Sena, Hanuma Vihari becomes your number six. So if he's going to be your number six in those conditions, then maybe rather than being benched in the home conditions, he should have been in the team and say a couple of opportunities against Bangladesh, he could have been 
sent in at number three or four so that he could even get those easy runs if he got those tough runs in West Indies when others were failing. Because I think he has earned that right for himself to get the easy runs when he got the tough runs. Same for Agarwal. I thought that he deserved those runs against you know slightly weaker oppositions after he got those tough runs in Australia. So maybe that's something that India should have considered. Like maybe you should look a bit towards the future. They go as I see with four bowlers in the overseas test that is in the senior test and five bowlers at home. So maybe could have gone with four bowlers at home and have Vihari at six or maybe rested Pujara or Kohli for a game or two and had him maybe a bit up the order so that he could even have those. Maybe you will not have those exact same conditions as though you as you will get in those conditions, those countries to be specific. But if he can come in at 24-1, then maybe he will be mentally a bit prepared to come in at 54-3. True. And, you know, just comparing this team to one from the past, in the past, we may never have seen a VVS Lakshman or Saurav Ganguly being dropped for the home series because you need one batsman less versus playing abroad. But this team, for example, did the same with Hanuma Vihari. So that's what I meant. They seem to be playing the conditions more than the team. It's just a different approach. Not everyone of us agrees with it. But truth be told, they have again and again proven themselves and backed themselves with the team they have picked. This has been a great uh, home season for India. And we can only expect the same in times and years to come. So thank you, Samish. Thank you, Priyansh. This has been an excellent discussion on World Test Championship status, some on pink ball, and of course, the Indian team performance at home. Like first time speaking in a podcast, so it's pleasant to learn a lot of things, like a lot of questions which are coming in my mind, being the accessible one. Thank you, guys. Love it. Yeah. And thanks, Prakash, for having me here again. And nice to have you here, Samish. Thank you. Thank you. I hope it was a good experience for you too. Now you can also be a gully boy, feature on these podcasts with your ideas, your themes. Simply contact No Boundaries platform. Thank you everyone for listening to Gully Boys of Cricket. We'll see you next time.